You know, I, I was thinking as I was preparing this week that uh, every sermon, every teaching is just another brick in the wall. It's not the whole wall. You know, and there's not enough time in a short sermon or teaching to try and cover everything or to kind of deal with all the, but what about this and what about this? But, but in the, the bigger picture, when it all fits together, there's something of God transforming and changing us as we understand truth. And so I just was reminded of that and just wanted to remind you of that, that all the parts together. So what I want to do this morning is add to what Johan preached a couple weeks ago. I thought it was a, a wonderful expression of how our spirit comes alive to God. John chapter 3, in both verse 3 and verse 5, says, Jesus answered and said, Then most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly, some Bibles translate that truly, truly. The uh, one says, verily, verily. Most assuredly, that word is actually amen. But when it's used at the beginning of a phrase or a passage, it actually is an uh, emphasis marker. It's like saying, hey, listen up. This is important. Now, I personally would think that everything Jesus said is important. But he said this over 30 times in just the book of John alone. So Jesus was saying, hey, there's some things that we need to catch because everything else that follows is built on it. And so could I be bold enough this morning to say as I begin, most assuredly, hey, listen up. Normally I give you the why of a sermon at the beginning. Why am I preaching this? Why do I figure this is important? Today I'm going to give it to you at the end. That's not so that you'll stay awake to the end. But it's just I want you to, to catch the bigger picture and you'll see why when we get to that. So we need to start, to start with prayer. And I need you to pray for me. I, I had a, a lot of difficulty getting to this point today. A lot of discouragement and distraction to overcome this week. A lot of stuff happening that we could get focused on something else. We have a, a echo, echo, don't we? Is that me or is that just... Okay. I can. Okay. I just think that there's something in what God's put on my heart to share today that is essential for the church, not just us as a church, but, but the church as a whole, and especially going forward. So can we pray? I'm going to ask you to, to start, if you'll pray for me, and just do it. Do it out loud. Pray. You're going to sit here for the next half hour, so it's in your own best interest that you pray. Oh, you better pray louder than that. 
Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you lead us into truth. And so we open our hearts and our minds to hear from you, to receive what you're saying, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. From verse 14, I know I said 15, so you're going to have to listen because it's only 15 that's up there. But verse 14 says this, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. We've been doing a series on the glorious church, and uh, I could go on for months and months. I think this is probably the last one or the transition to the next, next part, uh, but he's writing. We're going to get back to why later on, but he makes this statement, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth, that actually means that the support and our foundation. The church is the supporter foundation of truth. I have to admit, for most of my life, I read this, that truth is the pillar and foundation of the church. None of you read it like that, did you? But I did. And while that's probably also true, it's not what the scripture says. It actually says that the church is the foundation and the support of truth. The church, us. The church is not an institution, it's not an organization, it's a gathering of people, and that is the foundation on which truth is built. And the support, that's a heavy thought if you think about that for a while. So I'd like to talk about truth a little bit this morning. Good place to start is what is truth? In fact, in John 18, Jesus says, that he came to bear witness to the truth, and Pilate responds as, what is truth? But uh, definition of truth throughout history has always been something along this line. Do we have a, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality? That which is real or factual? So truth is the objective reality of the universe. It's what is real. It's the objective reality of the universe. For instance, gravity is the objective reality of the universe. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it is. You go up to the top of a big building, and you say, I don't believe in gravity. Gravity doesn't care. 
It has absolutely no change. You jump off the building saying, gravity doesn't affect me, I can fly, you're still going to hit the ground. It is the objective reality of the universe. Not all of you have been to Denver, Colorado. And you could say, I've never been there. I'm not sure Denver even exists. People in Denver don't care what you think. They just go about their life. Why? Because the reality is, of the universe, is that Denver exists. Whether you want to believe it or not, the reality of our universe, our solar system, is that we are heliocentric. That's a big word that simply means that we revolve around the sun. But you know that most people didn't believe that to be the case until the 1500s. Everyone believed that the solar system revolved around the earth. They were geocentric. But the fact that everyone believed it didn't change it. Just meant everyone was wrong. And this guy named Copernicus comes along and he says, no, 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 it works the other way around. Everything revolves around the sun in our solar system. Now we accept that, but we, never, we didn't for a long time. In fact, people who said that were persecuted. Some of them were persecuted because the common belief that the the solar system revolved around the earth, was picked up by religious leaders who said that God made man and we're the center of the universe. And anyone who says something different is going contrary to the truth of the church. The solar system didn't care. We still revolved around the sun. Reality is we discover the truth that exists, we don't make it. You're still with me? I know I'm getting deep this morning, but I want to tell you why in a little bit. So we discover truth. What does the Bible have to say? We don't want all this philosophy. Let's get back to the Bible. That's always a good thing, huh? I have too many scriptures, and I had a whole bunch of markers, and they're falling all over the place. First one is John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the truth. Psalm 119 Verse 160 says, the entirety of your word is truth. Psalm 16 and verse, I'm mean, sorry, John 16 and verse 13 says, it's when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus is truth. The word is truth. The, whole, the spirit of truth guides us into all truth. The reality is that we can't know the reality of the universe outside of Jesus. That sounds like a very religious thing to say, huh? 
But the reality is, if we don't know Jesus in the Word and are not led and taught by the Spirit, we can't know the reality of the universe. Why? Because the reality of the, this universe starts with God. It doesn't start with us. No matter what we'd like to think, the reality is it starts with God. So, let me say this. The world, those without relationship with God, can never really know truth. One John five nineteen says the whole world lies under the influence of the evil one or the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under his influence. John eight forty four. Jesus says, you have your father the devil. This is the wicked one that the whole world lies under the influence of and the desires of the father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. You still with me? Reality is that the devil is a deceiver and has got the world thinking something that isn't true. Which is why we need Romans 12, 2, which says, do not be conformed to the world, the thinking of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we aren't aware, we pick up the values of the world and we need to be changed. Changed by what? Changed by truth. Changed by relationship with Jesus. Changed by the Word. Led by the Spirit. Now, if you put all that together, you come to this conclusion. Without the church, the world can never know the factual reality of the universe. We're the ones with the message of the gospel. We're the ones who, with truth, can help people understand and put everything in order, in the right order. Without the church, there is no foundation for truth to be built on. So the world has all these crazy ideas and the lie of the enemy is that we begin to believe them and then we get intimidated by what is actually true. There's a reason why the Bible starts with, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's the reality of the universe. And that's where all the evidence points toward the existence of God and he is creator. I grew up in a fundamental evangelical church. I've shared it with you before. We didn't really believe a whole lot of the work of the Holy Spirit, but we believed in the word. But we had this thing that I was taught from the time I was in the Sunday school that the Bible says it, so we just have to believe it. In essence, it's saying, the Bible says that we know it's probably not true, but we have to believe it anyway. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The problem is 80% of young people who end up in university fall away from the faith because they haven't been given any reason to believe. If this is true, where's the evidence? Now, the reality is that the evidence points to the existence of God. The evidence points toward creation. I wish I had time to go into all of it with you this morning, but I want to give you just a little thought. Check out uh, Ben Stein, who is a Jewish economist, comedian in the U.S. A number of years ago did a uh, movie. It's actually a, a documentary thing on... Uh, it's called Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. And it's his approach to looking at uh, the idea of uh, intelligent design. He is not a, a believer. He's not a creationist. But he had a number of friends who got canceled because they even mentioned something of intelligent design. And the result was they lost their job, and he began to say, I thought science was all about looking at the evidence. And so he began to, to examine. He comes to an amazing conclusion. Doesn't come to Jesus, that's not the, the point. He comes to an amazing conclusion that the evidence points to intelligent design. He doesn't say... It points to God created. But what he finds is that many scientists are afraid of that conclusion, so they won't even allow the very concept to be examined. So, I'm, I get excited here. Let me unmask some of the schemes or devices of the devil. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices or schemes. Let me unmask some of them. Just a couple, and then I'll get to why this is important that you understand. One of the schemes or devices of the enemy who's the, the one who influences the world is that he's tried to convince people that truth is subjective, not objective. It's my truth. It's what I choose to believe. It's not what actually is objective. You know that uh, for thousands of years, the definition of insanity wasn't the popular quote that most people have. It was actually that people had lost touch with reality. We have a whole generation by that definition that would be insane. It was never the popular quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Okay? That's popular, but that's just say, foolishness. So if, again, if we can make everything subjective rather than objective, I still don't believe the, unit, the solar system revolves around the sun. That's my truth. 
Does that make it any less true? No, it just makes me wrong. Yet there is something that is pushed in our culture that says there's no objective truth. I was talking to a university student in California a number of years ago. This is in the actually 1980s. The number one teacher training college in California was Cal Poly Pomona, and I was talking to a student who was there learning to, to uh, preparing for teaching. And the very first course they take, Education 101, they were told on the first day that if you, nobody becomes a teacher in California if you don't pass this course. This is the gateway. If you fail this course, you will never be a teacher in the state of California. Everyone's kind of anxious, and the teacher says, let me tell you how you fail this course. You continue to believe in absolutes. What is that saying? If you say there are things that are objectively true that apply to everyone, you will fail this course and you will never be a teacher in the state of California. Fifty years later, we have universities that won't allow discourse on anything other than the accepted value. Stay with me. I don't want to get too into the weeds here. Second scheme of the devil is to change the definitions of words. Now, what if I told you I was three meters tall? Most of you would not believe me. But if I defined a meter as a third of my height, then I'm three meters tall. Problem is, you don't want me the guy building your house and building your doorways. If you want doorways that are two meters tall, you can <laughs> thanks, Diane. I uh, spent some time in Japan a number of years ago, and a uh, lovely place, but the house I stayed in, the doorways were Five feet, 10 inches. I'm just over six feet. And I hit my head on the doorway numbers of times. I came back with little scabs for smacking the, the uh, door frame. We have something called a meter stick. It's, a, it's an objective standard measure. So if you are the guy hanging the doors and you bring the door and you find that the door opening is only this big, the door's not going to fit. You say, oh, no, 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 the door opening's too small. I say, no, it's not. Your door's too big. And he pulls out the tape measure and says, no, my door's just under two meters. And I pull out my own little made-up tape measure and I said, no, two meters is only this high. Ridiculous, huh? You guys are still with me. Sounds funny. Until we get to some of the applications. How do people condone killing vulnerable and defenseless infants? They change the definition and they say they're not human beings. 
They're a fetus, not a person. They're a clump of cells, even though all the scientific evidence and moral history says that's not true because some court redefined life. Everyone accepts it. I was shocked when the U.S. Supreme Court recently overturned Roe v. Wade. Not that they overturned it. I've been praying for a long time. I knew it had to happen because it was a terrible ruling. What happened is that the court made up a definition of life that wasn't scientific, wasn't moral. They just made it up. And the court said they don't have the authority to do that. But I was shocked because thousands of Christians were upset. I thought, how did they get to that point? They've bought into the lie that says this is not a human being. I'm getting serious. It's very quiet. That's what the Supreme Court said. Problem is, you know, that that wasn't the first time. In 1857, the Supreme Court of the United States in the Dred Scott decision said black people were not human beings. Therefore, they could be owned and treated as property. Led to the American Civil War. Why? They made up a definition that had no basis in science or morality. And people accepted it simply because they changed the definition. I was shocked. Third scheme or the vice of the devil is this. If enough people believe something, it's considered true. If enough people believe something, it's considered true. It's called political correctness. You have to toe the line. By that definition, before 1500, the solar system actually revolved around the earth because the majority of people believe that. Therefore, it must be true because people believe it. Problem with that is just because a whole lot of people believe something doesn't make it true. It just makes a whole lot of people wrong if that belief isn't the, the objective reality of the universe. So, why is this important now? We were in 1 Timothy, and my marker fell out, so I've got to find it again. 1 Timothy 3, he talks about the church being the pillar of ground of truth. He says, I write this to you, and then he goes on in chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits or deception and doctrines of demons. We're in those latter times. And there is a falling away from the faith, even while the kingdom is advancing. 
Why? Because we turn away from truth. See, 3.15 is a preface to 4 and what follows. But the thing is, being deceived is not just a passive thing. But in our culture, it's become weaponized. If you don't agree with the politically correct version of groupthink, you get attacked and canceled and said, no, you can't believe that. If you don't toe the line, someone's going to make sure you don't get to say anything. There's no place for discussion or debate on issues in most universities. You know what? That's not new. It's not a new thing. Prior to the Second World War, in Nazi Germany, they had a ministry of propaganda. The guy who led it actually wanted to call it the Ministry of Culture and Public Enlightenment. We determine what is enlightened. And if you don't agree, we're going to shut you up. Why is that important? Because that weaponization is being turned toward the church. And I want to tell you this in a prophetic sense. There is a time coming when I will not be allowed to stand and preach what I'm preaching. It's already happening around the world. It hasn't happened here, but it's happening. Time is coming. What happens then? What happens then is that it falls to you, the church, to be the pillar and ground of truth. That doesn't change. Because we can't gather and be taught doesn't change that we are still the only hope for the world. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writing to leaders, says, I charge you with this, preach the word. I charge you as the church, as shepherds of the city, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. A.W. Tozer said this. We need an A.W. Tozer quote, Tony. Haven't had one for a while. If I look at the world, I will conform to the ways of the world. If I look at the word... I will conform to the will of God. If I look at the world, I will conform to the ways of the world. If I look at the word, I will conform to the will of God. I want to say this. As we're transformed 
by the renewing of our mind, not being conformed to the ways of the world. Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Let me tell you, you don't have the mind of Christ until you're transformed. But when you add the empowering and leading of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ, we become formidable carriers of the presence and truth of God. So what does that mean for you? All this, I'm getting to the point. Before I do, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And from verse uh, 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world. Sounds like something you just heard. But the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural Man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Sounds like I just said that, huh? For there are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Being led by the Spirit is not throwing your mind away. It's throwing away the values of the world and being transformed by truth. And sometimes it's the Holy Spirit who puts his finger on something and says, yeah, you need to reconsider that because that's actually not true. He says, preach the word. I want to say this. Read the word. The Bible says, expressly says, in the latter days, many will be deceived. Many will fall away. How do you not be deceived? Read the word. I heard a terrible statistic this week that 18% of Christians read the Bible regularly. That's one in five. If that's the case, I look around here and I say, who's the one in five? Someone told me that they were uh, challenged to do a, a course that requires them to read through the Bible five times in a year. And uh, that some people that they knew were doing a theology course are not reading through the Bible at all. They're reading theology books, reading what someone else says the Bible says, reading nice devotional, somebody's ideas, commentaries. Read the Bible. Before you read anything else, what does God say? Because often 
what other people say colors how we see what the Bible says. Last point. Why is this important? Because irregardless of what the world does, deceived people can never be free without the church declaring the gospel. Mary mentioned it earlier, Matthew 5, verse 13 and 14, which is probably up on the screen already. And you guys are a whole lot quicker than I am. But it says this, you are the salt of the earth. Let me say again, you. If Jesus were here today, he would say you. You. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. When the church is no longer the pillar and ground of truth, it becomes useless. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We're the shepherds of the city. The foundation and support of truth. Are you convinced of the truth of the Word of God? Are you convinced? of the truth that comes from knowing Jesus? And are you sharing that, or are you kind of mixing that a little bit with psychology and philosophy and other values of the world and saying, oh, let's, let's make something a bit nicer. Let's throw away all the parts that are challenging. We don't want to offend people in the world, so we're just going to pick... Nice parts. And the problem is that the salt loses its flavor. And the light gets set under a bushel. Truly, truly. We're coming into a season where that the life that the world needs will come through believers, not through churches, not through the internet, not through media presentations. Those will be silenced, but nobody can silence you. Well, they can, but in doing it, you get to, to graduate to glory. Or preach in prison. <laughs> but even then, they can't silence you. As long as you're alive, you can't be silenced. What's the truth? That we can be restored to relationship with God through Jesus. Keep our focus on Jesus. We're going to talk about this in the next few weeks. I believe that alone is the first foundation of revival. 
a returning to the focus on Jesus. Not everything else, but Jesus. Will you bow your head for a moment? I've been quite passionate this morning. I hope you don't get offended by my passion. But I want to say, being hearers of the word and not, and not doers means that we get deceived. If you haven't been reading the Bible, can I just encourage you, just do it. What does repent mean? It means just quit, turn it, and change. That means let me get back to the Bible. I get passionate because there's something in my heart. I don't want to see not a single one of us fall away because we get deceived. I'm not the answer to that. The Word of God is. Lord, thank you for the truth of your Word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. But more than anything, Jesus... Thank you that you have redeemed us and that in you we can come back into relationship with God and we can understand what truth really is. The real, reality of the universe, there is a spiritual realm irregardless of what our mind tells us. But as we're conformed to your truth, the mind and the spirit working together releases something Fantastic. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I've gone a little bit longer. Uh, wanted to get that in. Let me encourage you. If you need prayer, there'd be some folks who'd love to pray with you. If you need a touch for healing, uh, I think we're going to see increased, increased uh, supernatural moves of God. But I think balance with that has to be a commitment to the truth. Or the supernatural just becomes new age. Which is not what God wants. Amen? Amen. Peace of folks who'd love to pray for you. Otherwise, have an awesome day. And let's uh, read the word.